Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. Real people to whom this stuff does not come naturally. Okay, this is podcast number 73, and I am calling it survival mode, what it looks like. Um, Thanks for joining me. I want to remind you that I now have a Patreon account set up. You can um, find the link to that at aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S or go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash aslobcomesclean to learn how to be a patron of this program. I would love that. Thanks so much to those of you who have been leaving reviews. Um, I am totally, I had a great suggestion from one of you. I appreciated it to read the reviews. Um, and so I'm just going to, you know, like tell you that was my intention and I do appreciate it and I will, but I forgot before I actually started recording and I'm not going to stop to go get up and get my iPad and look up the reviews. But anyway, I'm sorry. Um, but thank you so much. I appreciate that. That helps so much in the ranking of the show in iTunes, which lets people find it. Okay. Um, survival mode, what it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in sur- survival mode right now. And, um, I th- thought I would talk about it because it's reality and it's a recurring thing that happens. Um, I think sometimes survival mode gets a really bad rap because, um, you know, there are phases in life. It's not fun. Survival mode is not fun. It's not the part of your life where everything is roses and daisies and laughter and donuts. You know, I mean, it's just survival mode's not fun. Um, and it's not a way to live all the time. And if you're living forever in survival mode, then things need to happen to change that. Um, that was, you know, I lived way too much in survival mode before, um, I got my routines down my routines, which I talk about very clearly in 28 days to hope for your home, my ebook. Um, anyway, but you know, I, before I had those routines down, yes, survival mode was a much more, constant thing because I was forever running into situations where, Oh my goodness, I've got to spend all day today cleaning up my house just so that I can open the door, you know, where when I got the routines down, it significantly decreased that those panic moments, but survival mode in and of itself, I don't think is a bad thing because what is the alternative to survival mode? Um, not surviving, which is like dying. Okay. So yeah, I'd rather survive than not survive if those are the two options. So, um, I'm gonna talk about survival mode when it happens and what it looks like. I am, as I have mentioned, which I thought it was really funny. I don't think they listen to my podcast, but if y'all do, hi. Um, anyway, so the marketing director at, um, Thomas Nelson emailed me and she said something about that was so great how you mentioned, um, writing your book 
in your like an email that she subscribes by email and she got it. And, um, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, that was not marketing. That's just that I, um, I, as you know, if you have listened to my podcast before, and I kind of hope this is not your first one, but anyway, um, if you've listened to my podcast before, or if you have ever read the blog on any kind of a consistent basis, uh, yeah, I just tell it all. I can't, I, I suffer from excessive honesty. It just comes out. Um, anyway, so the one big thing in my life right now is that I am writing this book and, um, so it pretty much, you know, colors everything else in my life. I have had to, um, you know, I generally write the drama for my church for, you know, different productions that we do. Um, and I had said, okay, I can do that if you'll get me everything I need to know before August. Yeah, that didn't happen. And then I got an email last week saying, or a text or something saying, Hey, you know, this is what, and I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm sorry. Um, I can't even think about that right now. Ask me after, and we'll see if we can put something together. Um, after November 20th, November 20th is the big day. That's the Friday before Thanksgiving. That is, um, three weeks from this Friday. Um, anyway, and so I am, I am consumed and obsessed right now with a project projects are my specialty. I actually like projects. Like if you talk to me, I'll just admit, I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to express how overwhelmed I am because I tend to overexpress, but, um, but I actually love it. Like this is the kind of stuff that I love it, even though it makes me not be able to eat or sleep. My stomach hurts all the time. My brain, I mean, like I'm, I seriously leave the house and have to go, okay, am I wearing everything I should be wearing when I leave the house? Um, okay. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I've, I've told people if I see you in public and I don't look at you or acknowledge you, please don't take it personally because I am just so in the zone and a 60,000 word book is like the zone, um, squared. That's a lot, right? Okay. Anyway, I've mentioned before, I do not do math if I can possibly help it, but projects bring about tunnel vision. I enjoy that. I get big things done. That's my personality type. Um, but projects hurt my home. They hurt the state of my home. Okay. Um, projects because that is something I'm really good at. It's something that I enjoy doing things with a beginning, a middle and an end. And I think part of the reason why I can be successful at projects is that I am more than willing to let everything go while I work on the project. Um, I have some friends whose homes are always, always perfect. And, um, one of the things that we laugh about being the differences between us is that they don't take on big, huge product projects because, they can't imagine being able to do a big project because they're always, you know, doing their daily things. Like how would they fit a project into that? Where me, I'm like, woohoo, give me a project and let's forget all that daily junk. Um, so that, you know, that project mentality, what makes me able to do good projects has really, it can, it consistently hurts my housekeeping efforts while, or lack of effort while I'm, um, in the middle of a project. But, that project mentality in and of itself was a big part of my problem. 
I thought my house was a project because I tackled projects. I was successful at projects. I thought I needed to tackle my house like I tackled everything else, which was as a project. And um, that didn't work because houses are not projects. They don't have beginning, middle, and end. It's all middle for the rest of your life. It never, ever, ever stops. Um, and, you know, one of the things, um, too, for me, that was hard to realize, I think, that makes this stage of life, as far as motherhood, um, additionally difficult, is that um, motherhood requires juggling. For me, before I had children, you know, when I was single, especially, and in college, I mean, that was just my style. I mean, you knew that when it got down into that project time, you knew, like anybody noticed or cared, but my good friends knew, you know, that I wasn't going to wear makeup. I mean, the week, the couple weeks before a show, you know, I was a theater person. Um, I wasn't going to wear makeup. That was it. I mean, it was, it was just, you know, don't ask me to do anything else. This is everything, everything, everything. I mean, I would do what I had to do on my classes, but everything went into this project at the expense of everything else. Even when I got married, um, you know, it it was still basically like that. I didn't neglect my husband. Uh, but I don't think, um, but I, you know, that was still the mentality because, you know, he could kind of manage on his own for a while while, while I was directing this play and working on this project. Um, but once you have kids that it cannot go that way anymore. I mean, life keeps on happening. It will not stop because I say nobody bother me so I can work on this project. Life keeps going period. I mean, it's one thing when it's just me that I have to feed. And, you know, I remember in college I would get, um, I would get those, I don't don't know if you have Arby's where you live, but we don't anymore. Um, right where I actually live. They're like closing. A lot of them are anyway. Um, but I loved Arby's and Arby's would do, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they would do five roast beef, five roast beef sandwiches for $5. Uh, they would run these specials. And so what I would do is I would buy like 15 Arby's sandwiches when they went on special. And then I would freeze them. Okay. Cause it wasn't like a hamburger. I mean, they're just, they're actually really good frozen. So I would freeze these Arby sandwiches and I would eat those for like lunch and dinner for however long I needed to, because it was like, I didn't have time to eat. I didn't have time to worry about anything else. And I mean, obviously that wasn't the greatest for my health, but, um, it was something that was super, I can remember like a week at a time never actually sitting down to eat, just running into my apartment, sticking one of those in the microwave, eating it really fast and heading right back out, you know, to do whatever else it was that was on my list to complete this project of doing this show that I was working on. So, um, you know, that was fine because it was just me. But when you have children, I mean, that's, that is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to make sure that they get to bed on time and have clean clothes to wear to, um, to school. And it's my responsibility to make sure there's food in the house for them to eat. It's my responsibility 
to make food. I mean, I know every family has different stuff, but this is how our family works. I make dinner because making dinner is important to me. And it's a commitment that I've made to my family. I've got other podcasts on how they, how I make that as easy as possible, but it is, I mean, that is an absolute non-negotiable for me. So, um, you know, I want, I don't want to go a month or two months at a time where our family doesn't eat dinner together around the table. I mean, that's, you know, studies show that kids are way more successful if they eat dinner around the table with their family, even if it's not homemade food, still just eating around the table. So I mean, that's one of those things I take very seriously as a mom. And I can't just say, oh, well, for this period of time, we're all just going to grab and eat whatever we can. No, I, you know, and even if I did do that, I would still have to, you know, make sure that things were available. So um, I, I guess my point is, that was a, that was a, big adjustment for me as a mother. Um, realizing that tunnel vision looked very different than it used to. It used to be full on tunnel vision. Absolutely nothing else got in my way of getting this project done. But as a mother, life keeps going on and people depend on me and their, their life is not necessarily going to go through the same tunnel that I'm going through at the time. Um, so anyway, what is it? I'm going to talk in just a little bit after I share my crazy week that I've had last week. Um, but what is it that keeps things going and how is it different now? What does survival mode now look like that's different than back when I used to eat Arby's sandwiches all the time or back, um, even, you know, when I did have kids and my house just looked like a bomb had gone off because I just didn't pay any attention to anything. Well, you know, what is it that's different? Okay. So let me tell you about my last week as I am here. So I had hit the, um, one month deadline. I mean the one month out from my manuscript deadline. And then I hit the four weeks out, um, last Friday. Um, but I hit that one month and I was, you know, starting to hyperventilate and being like, okay, okay, what am I going to do? Anyway, so I, um, my mom had said, I have a great, fabulous mother who will be writing a few guest posts on my blog here in the next couple of weeks as I get through this end part. Um, but she had offered, she said, Hey, if you want to go up, they have a little lake house. And, um, she said, you know, if you want to go up there so that you can just totally focus on writing, she said, I'll come down and kind of help keep your house running. Um, you know, help out with taking kids to school and picking up and taking them to all their stuff and all that. Anyway, so she, um, had said she could come home, come down last week. And so even though it's hard and I hate leaving my family, I thought, you know, I I need to get this done. So I went, um, So I had all this planned out. This is how much time I'm going to have up there. This is how much time I'm going to be able to spend writing. So I drive and it's about, um, I don't know, three hours, something like that. So I go and, um, I go the way that's the only way I know to go. And, um, there's this sign that's blocking the road. Like it's out in the middle of the road and it said through traffic only. And I went, what? Through traffic only? Well, the, I'm going to be like turning into the place where I'm going here. So I go ahead and keep going. And then I get to five minutes from where I was going. This is after a three hour drive, five minutes. 
and I have, there's a place where you have to go over a bridge and it was like shut off. Like you cannot cross this bridge. So evidently back in May when Texas had crazy amounts of, um, rain, like ridiculously humongous amounts for where, what we're used to. Um, anyway, this road had been washed out. It did not show it on my phone. Like usually on my phone, it'll be at least little red marks that say, oh, you can't do this. I mean, I was going somewhere to meet my niece, um, to look for a flower girl dress for my daughter, uh, last week. And I was, you know, it was still raining and I was looking and I mean, it had like all these different things of saying there's an accident here. This exit has been blocked. And that was something that had been blocked for like five hours. Well, guess what? This road has been out since, um, probably June or July. Uh, anyway, and no, it wasn't on my thing. So I'm looking on my, so I, I mean, it was just, I, I couldn't even go. So, um, when I'm in the zone and I'm ready to get somewhere and, um, and, uh, I'm five minutes away and all of a sudden I can't like, it's just shut off. I couldn't go. So I'm like, Ooh, okay. So I pull down into, there's this little thing that kind of goes down by the river where the bridge goes over. Um, and I pulled in there to look on my phone and say, okay, what's an alternate route? My phone wouldn't give me an alternate route. I mean, if it could have talked, it would have said, duh, you're five minutes away. Go that way. Well, I couldn't go that way. So then I had to figure it out how I wanted to go. So I start to, um, pull up off of the little back onto the road to go back. And, um, I hit my accelerator. Oh, I I put it in drive, hit my accelerator, the gas pedal, and, um, the car didn't go anywhere. I mean, it excel. it went, it made the little sound, but it didn't go anywhere. It didn't even move. And I was like, um, what now my car had been feeling a little bit funny, kind of doing some little funny jerky movements or something. But, um, if you heard my story about the car that caught on fire back in June. Um, and you know that I bought the like new to me, it had 29,000 miles on it at this point last week. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking, okay, what? Nothing can be wrong with this. Come on. Anyway. So my, um, it wouldn't go anywhere. Well then it kind of caught and I was able to go, but I mean, it, it was acting really funny at that point and I had to turn right and the car died you know, it went out. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like the car turned off. I know here I am trying to talk about car stuff and I don't even know about car stuff, but it wasn't like it turned off. I mean, it's still running, but it won't go anywhere. Okay. So I did that and I finally kind of worked, work reading it and it started going again. And I go, anyway, I finally made it to a gas station and pulled over. And at that point it was like, if I stopped at any time, it was not going to start again. And I realized, um, something's really really wrong here. So, um, of course I didn't say it that calmly. I called my husband and started bawling and crying. Of course, the first time I called him, I was out in the middle of nowhere and we kept getting cut off. And so all he's hearing is me going, (laughs) and then it gets cut off. So that's really, um, a little bit disconcerting for husbands, just so you know. Anyway, so here I go and I, um, pull over and I had just, and and so, you know, he found a, a dealership near where I was, near ish where I was. Um, and you know, called them, arranged a tow truck to come get me. And I, um, realized, okay, a tow truck, 
go into a dealership that's at least 30 minutes away, then figuring out what's going on, then figuring out how in the world I'm going to get from there to where I was going. It's going to be hours. And I had just stopped and gotten myself a couple of salads, like those salads that, um, like that's kind of my new exciting thing that I've discovered, but they're only like two fifty at Walmart. And it's like a salad that has everything in it, which is not practical or frugal, but when it's just me and I'm going to be by myself for a day, I'm like, well, that's actually a pretty, you know, smart thing to buy. Anyway, so I bought two of those. I bought an, bought an, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I just said that. I had purchased a, um, like a, a like a small spinach pizza for myself and, um, any, and a gallon of milk because I love milk. Well, anyway, I realized, oh my goodness, here I am in this situation and all that stuff's going to go bad. Cause I mean, here I am looking at three hours of being stranded before anything could even possibly happen. It would be at the least three hours. And so I go, and y'all, I had gotten in the car that morning thinking I was driving straight there without getting out and nobody, and I do mean nobody was supposed to see me. Um, I looked fairly homeless. I, I really did. Um, I don't mean that rudely if you're homeless. I hope you're not. Um, but I really did look. So, you know, I walked up to these people, this young couple, <laughs> the Burger King at the gas station. And I said, um, I said, do y'all live around here? And they were like, um, cause they were thinking, what is she about to ask us for anyway? And I said, no, I said, well, I said, I know this sounds really strange, but I've got groceries in my car and, um, like my car has died and I'm waiting for a tow truck and it's going to be a while and they're going to go bad. Would you like my groceries? I said, I just hate for them to go to waste. Like I was about to, I, before I decided, yes, I'm going to approach these random people. I was about to throw away the gallon of milk because I was like, well, everything else can go bad ish, but the gallon of milk, I don't want going like super crazy bad in my car. Um, anyway, so once they finally realized what in the world I was saying, uh, then they said, oh yeah, we'll take it anyway. So they took my groceries. I know I put it on Facebook. It sounded so noble. Um, and people are like, Oh, I love it that you gave your groceries away. And I'm like, yeah, but I kept the cookies. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Um, so that was that. And so that day was, um, crazy. Um, I went to the dealership. The people there were so amazingly friendly and kind and nice and gave me a loaner car. Um, anyway, so, you know, that was that. And then Um, my husband calls me the next day and tells me that the garage door broke, like the scary kind of break where the spring breaks. And if somebody had been under it, it would have killed them because it literally falls full force to the ground. It's very scary. Um, and then I finally come home and Texas decides to all that rain that we had in May was over the course of nonstop raining for like a month. And then it poured like that same amount of rain in one day. I don't know if that was on the news other places. I know sometimes people will say they'd heard about things other places. I think in May I got some, some of y'all had let me know from like Australia that you'd heard about all the flooding and stuff in Texas. But I mean, it was crazy. We're talking like 18 inches in some places in a day. I mean, I had friends, multiple friends who were stuck on the interstate for seven and eight hours 
on the day that I came back from the lake, I made it, thankfully. I was fine. But other people coming from a different direction, the interstate was just completely flooded, closed. People were getting rescued in boats. and all. I mean, it was just crazy. Well, that was when we found out that we have a leak in our master bedroom. Um, we did not know that. Uh, but I guess it was the intense amount of rain that helped us see that. Um, and it actually was coming up in our carpet. So we were petrified that something had burst under the house. Um, but that thankfully was not the case. It was coming from somewhere. There's a leak in the roof. It came somewhere down the wall and pooled at a certain place. So it was like I had walked through the master bedroom and um, in my bare feet and I just like stepped in this puddle in the carpet basically. And I was like, what is going on? And I thought, and of course I blamed my dog. Um, but it was cold, not warm. So, and she'd just been in there anyway, but I was like, what is going on? Well, then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so we're like, what, you know, so we pulled. So then I get home the next day. Um, well, okay. So we pulled the carpet up. If you've read my blog and you've seen my not so beautiful carpet, <clears throat> Let me just explain. When we bought our house 10 years ago, the house at that point was 25 years old, I think. So I guess we're 35 years old now. Um, I thought I would get new carpet. I didn't. Um, I started looking at carpet and realized that my carpet, even though it's old and kind of pink, um, it's, it's really good quality carpet. So it's really soft. Well, the stuff I could afford wasn't going to be as soft as that. And let's just be honest. I don't open up our bedrooms to the world that often. And I love the wood floors that we have and the tile and the rest of the house. All that's been updated and modern, but this old, old carpet in the bedrooms, I haven't really worried about. And it's just kind of been on my mental list of someday we need to get new carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever pulled up 30 year old carpet? It's rather upsetting. So we pulled up the 30 year old carpet and you see that there's just like, there's just like dirt under it. And you see what the carpet pad looks like and it stunk because it was wet. And so we had it pulled up in all these different positions and we had a fan blowing on it to try to get it dry. And this was like two days of that. And so it stunk. I knew what was under the carpet. And so I didn't even want to go in that room. So then I'm sleeping on the couch in another part of the house. And my husband is sleeping in the bed because he's like, I'm not, not sleeping in my bed. And, um, so anyway, it just, it was just crazy. And I'm like, I'm trying to write a book people. I have to write a book and my deadline is approaching no matter what happens in life. And, um, this is crazy. It was like just one thing after another, after another, you know, I couldn't walk into my bedroom without, you know, doing a major body contortion to get over the big heaping thing of carpet that we kept repositioning to dry it. Um, you know, I had to put shoes on to walk into my own bedroom. Blech, I don't like wearing shoes. They are against my vibes. Anyway, I, I don't like, um, you know, that I had, you know, there was a fan blocking my way into my room that I had to like, you know, contort and scoot and move to get around it every single time. So it was just hassle after hassle after hassle. Um, and then I know here I am just complaining the whole time. I'm just telling you, this is the kind of stuff that sends me survival mode times 10. Um, okay. And then Monday I had a speaking engagement, which I do love 
But you know, when I scheduled that back in August, it's one thing. And then now it's like, what? I have to go spend a day speaking when, you know, I need to be writing my book. And it was, I was just in this mood. I couldn't, I couldn't find matching earrings and necklace. And so I wore gold earrings and a silver necklace and not like that's that big of a deal. But when you're speaking, you kind of pay really, I, well, I always try to pay attention to that, but it was just one of those extra things. I was like, I can't even find my stuff. I can't, my bedroom was all messed up and wompy jawed. And, and my husband had like had his friend come in our house to look at the leak with him. And I was like, you let him see it, our master bedroom, which is not as bad as it could be right now. But oh my word, still. And his wife is one of my friends who is always giving me a hard time about how I will never let her see my master bedroom. And then her husband gets to see it. So then she gives me a hard time. So it was just one of those things. And then I get home Monday. I came straight home from speaking so that I could work. And I get a call from the school nurse that my son has a fever and is complaining his throat hurts and strep is going around. So I call the doctor, I get in, we go, he has strep throat. It's just been like that. On top of the fact that I am working on what is, I would say the biggest project I've ever worked on as a project person. This is the biggest one ever, ever, ever. So it's survival mode. But Monday night, after I had not had a chance to even take a breath all day long. Um, I still, you know, I had, um, so I'd gotten home from the doctor from taking my son at four fifteen. We probably got home about five 30. Um, we were hugely blessed that we have a friend who likes to cook and she is a widow and she will bring us meals just at random times. And she had called that day and said, can I bring you a meal? And let me just tell you, if you ever have extra food, if you ever make too much of something, don't feel dumb calling people and saying, Hey, do you want half of this chicken spaghetti I made or whatever? Because it's a huge blessing when people do that. Um, so she had said she had brought this meal over, um, and that was huge. And then I would left to take my daughter to dance. And then I had to run to the store and, you know, it was just one of those crazy days. And so I got home about eight fifteen at night and I really wanted to sleep in my bedroom. The carpet was dry at that point. Um, so, so, but I really wanted to vacuum up underneath it and I have lost my best dust mask. And so I'd gone and bought a good dust mask. So I cleaned up under there. I cleaned out behind the dresser I, you know, my husband, I moved the dresser back. We put the carpet back down. I vacuumed, you know, it was just, it was an exhausting day. And I go and I take a shower and I'm getting ready for bed. And I went, my favorite pajamas, they're clean because it's Monday and Monday's laundry day. And it hit me how far I've come. Because it used to be that survival mode would have automatically meant laundry had fallen off the list. I would probably be heading out to buy a brand new package of underwear just so we'd have clean ones. I mean, that's, that's how it used to go. But having routines in my life really, truly established not that I'm perfect at them, but having routines established 
allows me to have my favorite pajama pajamas clean. Now my favorite pajamas are clean every week, but I don't wear them for seven whole days. I'll usually wear them two or three days. Um, but you know, it's, it's the, um, two or three nights. I don't wear them all day, every day. Okay. Just on certain days. Um, but you know, my favorite pajamas were clean and it was like such a wonderful feeling to be able to put them on after such a hard day. That's part of a hard week. That's part of a really difficult couple of months. Okay. And so it just made me so thankful that Monday is laundry day. It's not a question of when am I going to get laundry done? Life is crazy right now. It's a question of, oh, it's today. Today's Monday. I need to do laundry. We haven't done laundry perfectly. My husband texted me on Monday. He'd had to run home for something real quick. And I had put, um, you know, a, a load in the, a load in the washing machine on Sunday night And then before I left Monday morning, I switched it over and he had had to run home for something. And so he switched over the laundry while he was home because he knows it's laundry day. Mondays when we do laundry, she's gone speaking. I'm home for a second. I can do that. That never would have crossed our minds if we didn't have this routine of Monday being laundry day. Okay. Now he texted me and he said, Um, I switched it over. I put the clean laundry on the couch. I thought that would help. And I'll be honest. My first reaction was, oh, no, no, no. We don't put laundry on the couch anymore. Remember the whole fold it right out of the dryer thing? And then I went, oh, my goodness. He's being so kind and so nice. Who cares if we don't do it perfectly? So, yes, we now have like two or three loads dumped on the couch and they're all wrinkly and they're all imperfect. But guess what? Everybody's got clean underwear and everybody's got clean socks and everybody has what they need to wear this week, except that it's red ribbon week, which means that we're all out of the normal things that we're wearing. But it, even though it's not perfect, the fact that Monday is our laundry day means we have clean clothes. Okay. I worked out this morning. I skipped on Monday. I was just too overwhelmed and blah, blah, blah. I think I actually did get up and get dressed and then went back to bed. Um, you know, I work out at 5 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I say I work out at 5 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I generally always do, but I've missed quite a few lately. But the fact that it's an established time, not just I need to hit the gym sometime, but it's a set time of this is when the workout is. It's through Camp Gladiator, which, um, you know, meets for a certain hour at certain times in certain places or whatever. Anyway, so I go at 5 a.m. That time being established as my workout time is the reason why I did it this morning. If I didn't have something to go to that was part of an established routine, then I would not have gotten myself up to go and work out. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something about that mental effort of, Oh, I need to get such and such done versus, Oh, well, today's the day I do such and such. Am I going to do it or not? Like there's, there's just a different mental thing there. Okay. And then the dishes, we're running the dishwasher every single night and we're emptying it every single morning. And when I say every single, I mean, almost every single, you know, I was speaking this week and this girl said, do you always, always empty the dishwasher? And I said, yes. And then I went, well, yes, I do on principle, but yes, I miss some because there are times where I just, it doesn't happen. 
But because I know that, yes, that's what I absolutely have to do, then I go back to it instead of me saying, oh, well, I missed that. I guess that doesn't work for me. No, I mean, I just, I do it when I can. Well, this morning we'd kind of had some pots and pans pile up, um, you know, like they hadn't fit in the dishwasher cause we'd gotten off of our rhythm at some point, you know, so things weren't all fitting in there. And so there was a, a pasta pot that got left over and then a, um, a such and such that got left over and didn't make it in there. So I kind of had a, one side of the sink had some big stuff in it. And so, but because we have been running the dishwasher every night, I emptied it this morning and I said, you know, what? I'm just going to run an extra load today. Why not? I'm going to take, so the top half of my dishwasher is mostly taken up with my big skillet. The bottom half has two pasta pots and a colander and the dishwasher is full by definition, but it's not a bunch of little things like glasses and all that. Cause most of that's already done. I went ahead and put our breakfast stuff in there, but you know, I was able to run that extra one that I needed to do to catch up because that's all I had to do to catch up because the routines were happening. Okay. So that's what survival mode looks like. It looks like the fact that my mom is coming down and it's my mom. So granted she's my mom and she's going to love me and she knows all of my issues because she, you know, gave birth to me, but I would let almost anybody in my house right now. Now I would make sure that I clarified. Um, yeah, you do know I'm writing a book right now. Yeah. I know it's about home management, but still I am writing a book right now. And I, you know, my house is not perfect, but I would let somebody in the door, which if you've seen some of my before pictures, you would know that um, there are times when I don't let anyone in the door. But the other thing that we've done is we've done 10 minute pickups because the house seems to get worse and worse. And I've said, we have to catch up. Normally it's a five minute pickup, but I've said, we're doing 10 minute pickups. We did one last night and my house looks so much better. We did several last week. And it's amazing the difference a 10 minute pickup will make. I am a couple weeks ago on the podcast. I said, oh my goodness, my house is a total, total wreck. It's so bad. I couldn't even think about hiring a cleaning person. You know, that's something I've talked about several times over the last couple months. Um, and you know, it was just like, oh, well, what can I do? Well then that night or a couple nights later, I don't remember. Um, it actually occurred to me at the right time. Okay let's do a 10 minute pickup. And guess what the difference is between, oh my goodness, my house is such a wreck. I'm never going to get this figured out. It's just going to be this way until I turn this book in versus, okay, okay. It's not that bad. I would let somebody in. It's 10 minutes. The difference is 10 minutes. It is amazing. The difference that a 10 minute pickup that a five minute pickup will make amazing. And I'm not even talking about the kind of five minute pickup where, well, if I do five minutes, then I know I'll keep going. No, it's five minutes and that's it. When I say 10 minute pickup for my kids, I mean a 10 minute pickup. Now on days where we are going to have people over when we had our church home group here, then it was 10 minutes. Let's race and try to get it done. And if we don't, then you got to keep going. But when it's a 10 minute pickup on a regular night, that's all I make them do 10 minutes. And it is amazing the difference that it makes. So keeping the dishes done, even if I'm not doing it perfectly, keeping the laundry done, even if I'm not doing it perfectly and doing a five minute or a 10 minute pickup every time I 
think of it, then that in and of itself will keep the home out of disaster status. Okay. So we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about survival mode with routines intact. Okay. I hope that was helpful. Um, before I go, I want to talk to those of you who, oh my goodness, I've been talking 40 minutes. I am wordy lately. Okay. Um, but for those of you who are, um, have been around a while and have implemented a lot of the strategies that we talk about here on the podcast and over on the blog, um, I just want to let you know that over the next week, I am collecting quotes to use in my book. Okay. Um, this book is going to be my strategies. Okay. That's what it is. I mean, it is my strategies. Um, that I use to manage my home that work for my unique slob brain. Okay. Um, and what I want to do, I don't want it to just be me explaining the strategies, even though that is what it is. I want to be sure that I carry over the whole slob club thing that happens on the blog. I think that there, there's one thing that happens when people come to the blog, they go, Oh, somebody's like me. But then there's another thing that happens when they see, that 140,000 people have, um, liked a slob comes clean on Facebook. And that's a lot of people who in some sort of way identified with this whole slob issue. And so that community aspect, not to just know that, well, there's one person like me, but, oh, there are others out there like me who are still working on their homes, even though it doesn't come naturally to them. That is something that I want to make sure the book has as well. So that if somebody picks up the book, who's never heard of our little slob club we have going on, that they will get that community feeling. Okay. So what I'm asking for, like right now I have, um, the container concept. I have a Google form that goes ahead and lets you put in your name, your first name, the first initial of your last name, which is how I'm going to identify people. You can put anonymous if you want to, and it has a yes or no click thing. Yes, she, you know, Dana can use this however she needs to use it, including her book for no monetary compensation. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, giving me permission to use your quote, um, but just telling me, you know, what you can go from anything. I mean, you can say, this is how I've used the container concept. This is how the container concept has changed how I view my home. This is how it's helped me improve my home. This is how it, I love one of the comments that I got, um, talking about how it's helped, um, you and your husband work together because it gives you this kind of arbitrary way to look at things where before you looked at something one way and he looked at it another, and it was hard to come to, you know, a a place in the middle where the container concept has kind of helped you get there. Um, you know, so little things like that so that I can put those, I'm going to put those at the end of each chapter or at the beginning, depending on what the editor wants to do, but just to kind of validate that this concept really does work. So I've got that. The next one coming up is a dishwashing routine. You know, how have you implemented a dishwashing routine or how has it affected your home or what have the positive surprising effects been, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then there's other, there's just, I have, I don't know, there's probably 10 different ones at least. Um, I want to collect these quotes from you. So if you 
can make sure you check in at a slobcomesclean.com for those, um, pages, uh, to, to, um, give me your quotes as well. I'm going to link to the container concept one, um, on, uh, the show notes for this podcast number 73, I think we're at, um, and, uh, you can go to that, but just also, you know, and, and it's one of the great reasons for you to be an email subscriber so that you will get those as they come out and you can participate in that. And I would love it. I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll be able to say, Hey, my name, my quote is in this book. Um, anyway, thank you so much for joining me today and I will talk to you next week. I assume unless my brain is completely and totally fried. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.